Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is Spot on Me's Khalif Adams. Khalif, thanks for joining me, man. What up, man? So I'll tell you on the tippy tie. I hope you are doing very, very well today. I hope that you are getting some rest. Uh, I'm feeling quite blessed today to be rocking with you as usual. So thank Dude, you again I'm, for I'm me. feeling quite blessed to have you here uh, with me. The one question I want to start off with, though, because there's yes. been a there's been a there's been there have been things happening. There have yeah. been there have been uh, conflicts going on. There have been protests. Everybody wants to know what's up with the wings or not the wings. What's up with the ribs, the oven ribs, oh. Colleen's oven ribs? Because so. this is a conversation that came up yesterday with Paris. And Paris is talking about how how terrible your your ribs are. Greg uh, was defending your 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 ribs. I want to know yes. what 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 the deal is. So so there's been this this debate about you know whether you should cook your ribs in an oven or on a grill. So you know Paris and I, Paris Lilia, massive shout out to him and massive shout out to everything that Gamertag Radio does. We had a, we are having a long standing feud about whose ribs are better. Sadly enough, I had to take down my my pinned tweet that I had up there for at least over a year at this point. Oh my god! Describing his burnt, terrible, charred, unreasonable, oh. you know, ir- irradiated ribs that he makes uh, on his grill uh, in comparison to my beautiful succulent, this magical, perfectly cooked ribs uh, that come uh, in an oven. Uh, so yeah, we've been having uh, faux beef literally uh for almost a year and some <laughs> real beef. now about all that kind of stuff um but now we're trying to figure out a way to get it sponsored so we can actually do a real cook-off i was gonna say have you guys done this yeah have you guys done an actual irl cook-off no we haven't had a chance to like we're we're always seeing each other at gaming events but we never get a chance to like actually like actually like do a thing thing like one of those kinds mm-hmm. of events uh because it's just never enough time to do it but like hey we're looking for people to sponsor it. Like, if you know a good company that can sponsor a good cook-off, we're down to do it. We've been talking about that for a long time. So, yeah. Uh, oven ribs are better. Thanks. EA, Activision, Microsoft, Sony, if you're listening to this show, uh, sponsor. I, wa- I want to see this happen. In yeah. fact, if you want to, I don't know if I have the authority to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. If, uh, call Eve. I will invite both you and Paris to the Kind of Funny studio, the new studio, when we finally yes. open up. Yes. We will have that cook-off. I know we already have like a macaroni, macaroni and cheese competition between Ooh. Sony executives scheduled. We'll have you guys on the same <laughs> the same day. Get some ribs, get some macaroni and cheese. It'll be a great time. Oh, I'm, I'm totally down. down for it. I'm How do down. we Let's feel about sous vide ribs? Sous vide ribs are sous vide ribs are actually pretty good. They sure if you don't are. get that char right at the end, though, that's where you botch it because then you just have like sure. a big wet rib. I, well, I actually oh just use a blowtorch. It. Uh, you, wait, are you serious? I'm I'm serious. Very oh, that's good. some bad. That's some badass chef stuff right there. It's that's business. I rock. I rock with that. I I'm just saying, if, if we have it at the competition, I might have to enter my sous vide ribs. See, see I, who I'm, wins. I'm a, we can get as many people as we need to make this happen. The more people, that's more visibility. So we got to make it happen. We can do it. Holly, explain to us what is Spawn on Me for the people that don't know. Um, so Spawn on Me, we started uh, back in 2014. It was myself and Cicero Holmes, who's now over at Rivals of Waterdeep. Please go check that out if you love D and D. Um, uh, and we kind of got together one day. I was writing for my site called the Swan Point Blog back in the day. Um, and you know, he came aboard and said, Hey, you know, I'd love to write for you. Um, we started that process, and then a couple years later, once the, the blog had folded, we kind of had a sit down conversation and said, You know, what's the space need right now? We talked about doing a podcast because we loved podcasts like We Can Confirmed and One Up Show and all those things that came before us. Um, and we said, you know, there's a space here for a, a black voice uh, or black voices to be shared. Um, and then we kind of started the work of, of, of building out the case for why you should be listening to black folks talk about games and, you know, spotlighting people of color in the, in the gaming space. And that's been the mantra and kind of the North Star for us for a long time. Um, and, and making sure that that was a part of the conversations within the game space, because there weren't really a lot of people talking about games from a black perspective or through a black prism. So. Um, we made that happen, and you know, six years later, Swanami is still going pretty strong and and and, and rocking it up. Yeah, going really strong. Like I, we were talking about this yesterday. Both me and Paris were on Swanami last week, yeah. talking about all this stuff that's going on in the world, and a a, a, a very excellent episode of the podcast that people Thank have you. been sharing more and more. I've seen I've been seeing people people share it this morning, uh, and I highly recommend everybody go go check it out. Twitch.tv slash Swanami, uh, Swanami on podcast platforms. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that episode to kind of give people the premise of what they they can expect from it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, we do our show usually on Thursday evenings. Um, everything that happened prior in that week from Monday on from Amy Cooper to George Floyd to those two young, uh, you know, young uh, execs who were kind of uh, working in their their 
uh, office's gym and then getting called out for it from, from a white uh, person who lived in the building. And, you know, he had all these feelings kind of bubbling up. I was just going to talk about kind of normal video game stuff when, and then maybe dab into dibble into that conversation about what was uh, happening in the world. And I was like, I don't know if I can have this conversation alone today or if it feels right to have that conversation alone today. Mm-hmm. And I, I snagged folks, I snagged you, I snagged Paris, I snagged Zombie Kills, um, our friend Cam Hawkins, the, the people's champ uh, from DualShockers, and then Pico Chulita, who's one of my favorite streamers, and said, hey, I put out the, 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 the you know, the, the black flag, if you want to say, uh, and, and folks <laughs> were Assassin's like, yo, Creed black flag. yeah, no doubt. And, and then um, <laughs> people reached out and said, hey, I want to be a part of the show and want to have, uh, I have things on my mind uh, that I want to talk about. And for an hour and some change, we got some really great perspectives, not only just on being black in America, but being a black content creator in America, you know, kind of how the space is failing black creators in, in terms of the gaming space. Um, and, and just, you know, of course the conversations around George Floyd and police brutality and white supremacy and all those things and racism. Um, and it was fantastic because again, like I think for folks who don't know the work that we do specifically, you know, we talk about games as a general conversation, but we have found good ways and have made sure that we continue to have conversations about real stuff that's happening in the world and to see other creators have those same feelings and be able to share those things and feel like they had a safe space to do so. That's what the show was about. Like we get a chance to do that stuff every week uh, besides the game parts that we talk about. So um, it makes our show very special in that way. It makes that episode extremely special. Um, and it makes me really happy to see people inside and outside of the black community sharing that in a real way, especially during this week. Yep. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was a fantastic episode. I'm, I'm extremely proud of that one. This is this was a question I asked Paris yesterday. And I want to ask you the same question. How has the last week been for you? Because I know for for me, like, of course, like this week has had it's had its ups and downs, right? Yeah. Like, you know, nobody. I, I feel like everybody is affected when you see yeah. death, especially un, uh, uh, injustice, right? Unjustified death like that, uh, a murder, if you will. Like that 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 is never really an easy thing to take in. This this yeah. last week, especially seeing the the reaction to it and seeing, I know for me, seeing people come out in in support and people donate and people being vocal, probably more so than ever before. Yeah. Um, as far as you know as i paid attention to it like that's really kind of kind of brought like that's added some highs to the lows you know that yeah. that's kind of that's kind of made this week such a roller, roller coaster of emotions and a roller coaster of how i'm feeling about everything right now so for you how would you say the last week has been Ooh, um it's been a lot of different emotions i mean sadly i'm i'm 41 now i'll be 42 with this august the the amount of black death that I've seen over my 41 years is unreasonable in terms of the amounts of, of just death in, in general. But seeing people who look like me die in public spaces has been a part of my life or seeing us be abused or, you know, hurt or, uh, you know, uh, beat up on by the state, by other people, by all those things has sadly been a part of my existence in, in that to it in and of itself reflecting on that on a consistent basis is a thing that I, that I thought about a lot this week. I remember and I was talking to my wife about this. I was like, when was the first time I saw or heard about, you know, someone black being hurt in that way. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I was 11. And I was thinking about Yusef Hawkins back in, in, in 89. Um, and then you have all the other folks after that, you know, the folks that oh, we yeah. hear about, and then the folks that we don't hear about. And I think that, that in, in terms of this week, it's been a really up and down week where I'm really excited that people have found the show. I'm really excited that people are attached to this conversation at such a pivotal time. I'm happy that I'm seeing a lot of white allies finally put up the, the Black Lives Matter flag and put up their fist in the way that we've hoped that they would want to do for years now. Um, but it is also this weird space where for all this wonderful credit that we're getting for this show um it feels like a lot of the allyship has been a little bit late to be honest and that's fine you never know when people are going to get on board with things but it's ha- i'm happy that they're here but it's also um like where were you these this, these weren't this yeah this isn't new you know what yeah. i mean like where where were all these you know black black messages i mean white letters on black on black panels uh, uh, messages, you know, four years ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. a year ago, 
You know, Sandra yeah. Bland wasn't that long ago. Philando Castile wasn't that long ago. Like there's people that we hear about. And I guess that to me has been the thing that I've been struggling with has been that balance between wanting to make sure that people are, are in the fight with us, but also saying, Hey, I want to hold your feet to the fire to make sure that this isn't the first and last time that you do this, because there's going to be more of these killings. There's going to be more of these deaths that's going to happen. Sadly, what are you going to do then? Is it going to be continuing to do this? Are you going to continue to share out black voices? Not just during yeah. this week, but for the rest of the time that you have your platform. Like those are things I actually care about. So it's been it's been an up and down week. It's been busy. It's been full of lots of different conversations from random people in my DMs who have been sad and been worried and all that stuff. So it's a lot of emotional stuff to carry, but um that's kind of what I'm been doing for a long time. So it's I'm yeah, here for it. I, I echo all of that. Like it's it's been such an interesting thing seeing so many people slide into my dms or hit me up on text and ask yep. how i'm doing and i also don't i i almost don't know how to answer that because mm -hmm. for me it's been one of those things where like i'm heartbroken yeah. over the events of the last week and of the past few weeks when you factor in amy cooper and and, and the different things that have been going on yep. um but also yeah this is a thing that's been happening forever this is a thing that's not necessarily new right like this is a this was an instance that was recorded and put out there and for right. all of us to see. But even with even with that scenario, it's not the first one of those. Like the recorded the recording the recorded uh instances of black murder have been a thing forever. Like, right. like right. It, especially within the last 10 years, with like with as we all have, have cameras on us and as like it, it's become more of a normalized thing to be able to record what's going on, right? Like we've been we've been able to see it more and more, which is why it is coming to a boiling point more and more. But yeah, like you you say the first time you remember you remember seeing, you know, something like that, like a like black death in that way was 11. I remember in, in high school when I was I want to say like 14, 13, 14. Mm. I remember there was somebody in my high school who got uh shot shot and murdered by police because they were trying to get into their own home because yeah. they're trying because it was like it was a kid who was trying to essentially like get into the window of his own house because yep. he had lost the key or something like that and ended up getting murdered by police because they thought they were breaking into a house that wasn't theirs. And so like, this is a thing that's been going on forever. Uh, and so like, whatever the question comes up of, you know, how am I, how am I doing right now? I'm like, well, I'm not the one who's like being murdered in this moment. Ooh, right. Like right. I'm not the one who was shot. I'm not the one who's like going through that thing. As far as like all, as far as like, you know, black murder in general, that has been yeah. a thing that has been like ever present. And I'm so glad that people are speaking out now and I'm so glad that people are being vocal about it. But yeah, it's just one of those things where this week has been such a roller coaster. You know, seeing yeah. social media, seeing the protests, seeing the seeing the riots, seeing everything that's going on, it's been such a roller coaster. Yeah. Here's um, the crazy thing. But, you said that you talked about that incident, and I had to go through the mental Rolodex to be like, which one of those? Because I remember multiple ones. Yeah, so that's well, crazy. No, and that was the unique one. That was the one that's happened specifically in my town from right. a kid on, in my high school, and that didn't make national news or anything like right. that. That was just very much like a local thing, and that was like right. the first time where I was like, "Oh shit!" And then like from there, like I started to to uh, be more aware. Like you have you have stories like Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown mm -hmm. and all these things. Um, but yeah, this yeah. is a video game show, and so we we'll, we should eventually talk about video games. Yes. So let's do a very awkward pivot to talking about how today's stories include uh, PlayStation PlayStation moving the PS5 event, The Last of Us Part 2's accessibility features, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free along with the exclusive daily post show. Uh, housekeeping, the great big kind of funny core stream is happening this thursday uh metacore games will join us on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to announce the winners of the kind of funny game jam prizes andy and greg will then hang out and play the winning games you can enter now at kind of funny.com slash game jam uh then also the kind of funny game showcase is back but it's called the gorilla collective as you know we've teamed up with our friends at the media indie exchange to do a three-day showcase featuring nearly 90 games it all kicks off saturday at 10 a.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash gorilla collective 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Starting with our number one, Khalif, they did it. This week's <laughs> PS5 event has been postponed. Uh, I'm pulling this from at PlayStation on Twitter. They tweeted this uh, yesterday, right after Games Daily, which made things real awkward because of our conversation <laughs> on Games Daily. Uh, this is what they tweeted. They, they tweeted and said, again, this is PlayStation, quote, we have decided to postpone the PS5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we do not feel right now is the time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow for more important voices to be heard. End tweet. Ka, yeah. this, is a, this is a conversation that we had on Games Daily yesterday because somebody wrote in and asked, hey, like the PS5 event is happening later this week. Right. Do you guys think they will slash should postpone it? And me and Paris had the conversation of like, not like not really like it. I don't. Yeah. I was coming at it from a place of like, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of looking for that thing to look forward to in terms of mm-hmm. something to be excited about. And people could yeah. use like escape feels like the, the wrong word because I don't necessarily want people to feel like they they're they're able to escape what's going on right now. But like, yeah, you know, people people can use a, an uplifting factor. Yeah. And so, like, me and Paris kind of had the conversation conversation of, like, one, we don't necessarily think they should postpone it, but also I, I very much didn't think they would. Like, I didn't, I didn't think that'd be in the cards given how crazy things have been uh, overall, right? Like, with COVID, mm-hmm. with E3 canceled, with GDC canceled, you kind of see PlayStation kind of shuffling around in terms of where to announce things. Uh, after they announced yesterday that, that they're postponing, it was one of those things where I, I I sat I thought about it for a second and I was like, okay, that's a good good decision. Like that's that's a good thing, right? Especially in, especially in the way that they phrased it in their in their tweet right here, right, where they're talking yeah. about uh, we don't feel right now is the time for celebration. We have to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. I think that is the perfect statement right there as yeah. far as like what this is meant to do, right? Like I'm sure they probably could get away with 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 showing off a PS5 later this week. But yeah. looking around, especially looking around today and seeing how things are are, are things are progressing and, and people are still being more vocal than ever, I think overall this is the good this is the right decision. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed as from a gaming standpoint because this is the thing I've been hoping for for a long time and been waiting to see how they're going to kind of get into the fray and and have their have their say about what their next gen console is going to wind up being. Um, I was looking forward to that distraction um mm-hmm. and i needed it really bad this week like it was a thing that was gonna like chop up all this yuckiness that's happening and grossness in the world uh to be able to give me and other folks one something that's just something else to talk about because you know it's one of those hard things of like especially when things like this happen in such a grand scale you you wind up kind of like people wind up reaching out to you and wanting to know your opinion about a thing and sometimes you don't want to talk about it like i don't want to talk about the protests. I don't want to talk about all the other stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be able to give people a way to get away from that for at least a, a couple of hours. Um, but in the grand scheme, like it's a it's a good look. Like it's a better look um, than the initial tweet that they put out, kind of around Black Lives Matter and stuff, which was okay. It was all right. It was lukewarm, but it was, yeah. it was okay. The for uh, context, right? The initial tweet. Oh, I have it here. Uh, yeah. The initial tweet reads: "We denounce systemic racism and violence against the Black community. Uh, we will continue to work." towards a future marked by empathy and inclusion and stand with our black creators, players, employees, families, and friends, hashtag black lives matter. And that's from uh, PlayStation Twitter, which yeah. like is a pretty decent statement, but yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think for me, when I look at brand statements, I'm always just like, all right, but what's, what's the action? Like, what is the sacrifice? It's, it's very easy to say things. Right. Um, and for me, like I look at, I look at them moving the event as more of an action but like it's also one of those things where I'm sure you factor in marketing, you factor in like, all right, oh, do course. we real do we really want to have the PlayStation PlayStation Five event this week when all this is happening? I'm sure, I'm sure at a certain point, certain point that kind of comes back to to bite them in the ass when there's so many other when there's so much noise and so much uh, other things to focus on, and you're trying to be like when you when you are trying to come out and and sell a new console, I'm sure that makes things hard in a way where if you just delay it to next week or the week after next week, it's probably easier to 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 have that moment. 
I mean, I mean, think about this too, because we've seen it happen so many often, so so often when brands get a thing wrong, like they'll, I, I could totally see somebody doing a marketing montage of some burned down, you know, uh, building or some, you know, oh, yeah. uh, post post apocalyptic scene in a game, and then people being like, "Really, Sony? Really, PlayStation? Is this the time you're going to put that thing out?" So it's like, it's a good way to save your own ass uh, for sure. Um, but it's also, again, like they are reading the room in the correct way right now. And that's, and that's smart. Like you, from a business perspective, that's just a smart thing to do. Um, we'll see about yeah. the conversations about that, what, what that looks like in terms of their actual statement. One of the things I tweeted directly right after that, uh, and quote tweeted that thing was like, yeah, if you care a lot about all these black creators and all that stuff. You should give more black folks in the gaming space some more access. Um, so mm. that was, a, it, was a, it was a, again, like, what are you going to do? for me at this point like you can say all the things the platitudes are great what are you going to do going forward um is always the kind of thing but yeah they, they put out the statement they needed to at the time scott writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can says greetings blessing and Khalif. so sony understandably canceled the ps5 event this week i have a couple of questions should ea and cd project red cancel their events next week also as black voices in the gaming community when would you feel comfortable with, with sony doing their event I realize you don't speak for everyone, but the gaming community should be listening to folks like you. The situation mm. is not changing anytime soon, so does Sony not reveal the PS5 until August? Thanks for being great voices during this difficult time. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, um, I think there isn't... I don't know when the right time is going to be for them in terms of the state of the world. Like, it really is going to depend mm. on how the state of the world works. Um, we just had basically martial law come down overnight uh and who knows how long protests are going to wind up happening who knows if another incident is going to respark a thing and then you still have covid in the space that's still uh, you know in in the mix yeah. of all this stuff um so to a certain extent <clears throat> i mean i think from a from a business perspective sony needs to say something though the thing that has been interesting is that they took so long to get here uh to start showing showcasing some of their stuff and i'm sure now they're kind of kicking themselves in the ass a little bit because they had a better window to be able to get out more information. And now they're going to be stifled a little bit and kind of have to push things back even further uh, in terms of their, uh, in terms of their timeline. So I would say, you know, it, it makes sense for them to have held their event this time. Should EA and CDPR do that? Yeah, probably. It just, it, it's the United effort makes, makes more sense to try to be the ones who are, who are outliers in that. I mean, I don't know what yeah. you actually gain from it uh, because we already know the games are going to be dropping anyway, for the most part. Um, so we'll see. I think all those things will be bundled in um, whenever they wind up do show when they wind up showing the, the console anyway. So we'll see it. I think they just got to keep their ear to the ground and see like mm. where things go, because I think they could get away with showing with with doing the event, let's say next week, if sure. things are calm by next week. Right. Like if like I like I have a feeling that the, like what's going on right now in terms of the protests and in terms of the conversation, in terms of everything kind of blowing up right now I, mm -hmm. that's going to continue um but i think it's, it's figuring out like all right when is when is it appropriate like right now things are kind of at the point where 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 things are still blowing up right like things are right. still at the height of of tension right now in terms of the in, uh, in terms of the world and in and the protests that are happening i think if you come back either next week or the the week after and look around and if in um you know the conversation has progressed in a way to where uh it doesn't feel uncomfortable to mm -hmm. to put out an event like like that you know I, I i think they'll go for it uh i think i think along with that another factor that comes into play is the fact that they are in the middle of advertising the last is part two and yeah. ghost of tsushima and so yep. like i don't think they would want to do the ps5 event the same week that uh the last was launches and you have like reviews and all that stuff go up for it um yeah. reviews i believe are going up june 12th right which is next friday yeah. um and then the game launches june 19th which is two fridays from now yeah. uh which puts them in an interesting place because you imagine that that yeah like being able to do the, the to do the ps5 event on thursday would have allowed them to have this week be about ps5 next week be about last of us uh reviews uh the review mm -hmm. embargo uh, going up and then the week after being about the actual lead up, lead up to launching the uh the last of us part two yeah i think they're in an interesting place now where in the mar on the marketing side of things and on the advertising side of things, you want everything to have its own moment. Uh, mm. And at this point, they might have to be in a place where 
uh, the PS5 pushes up against either the Last of Us reviews or um, the Last of Us launch. You know, like I, I think that's the yeah. reason why they didn't say, and I think there's multiple reasons why they didn't say like, oh, we're pushing this to, ne- to next week, right? Like sure. one is because they still got to figure out how. To, I'm sure they're still figuring out where things are gonna fall exactly, but then also like, yeah, like there's you kind of got to wait. You kind of got to wait and see uh, on quite I, a few of these things. I think with The Last of Us 2, they have, like you said, a very interesting interesting space to kind of navigate. I think the only way you can do that is if you showcase... You have to do two things. You have to showcase what the game looks like on the PS5 and message out that this is going to be a transitional game where you say, okay, if you bought this thing on PS4, which we want you to do because it's coming out in a week or two, know that when you buy your PS5, this is what it's going to look like and you don't have to do anything else. You just have mm-hmm. that game when you when you have your new system. I think that's the thing that would give people a lot of excitement. And it then talks about your roadmap, about how you want to deal with the, the transitional games from PS4 to PS5 that are going to be wanting to cross-gen anyway. So there's mm-hmm. a good space that they can do that work. It's just a matter of like if they have the tech that's actually going to do that work. And then also, you know, how closely do they want to tie those things together uh, for yeah. the consumer? And then as far as like EA and CD Projekt Red, um, yeah. I gotta look up. I, f- I forget exactly when EA Play is supposed to be. Yeah, they, um, I mean, I mean, we know what we're going to get too. Like EA Play doesn't yeah. really need to exist anymore. <laughs> like it doesn't need to be a thing, to be honest. Like th- we know we're going to get a Madden. We know we're going to get a FIFA. We know we're going to get um, Battlefield Six. I think is going to be the next one out. I want to see what Battlefield Six is, and that's all I care about right now. It's like show me that, and then that's mm-hmm. all you need to do. EA Play is twenty minutes long, and that's. <laughs> And that's it. I mean, everybody's and but everybody's dying to see more cyberpunk stuff to a certain extent. Yeah, so like, I believe that, the cyberpunk event. I believe the cyberpunk event is June eleventh. Yeah. Um. Which, I mean, I I I think it, that those are also two events where they they put their ear to the ground and just wait and be like, all right, this weekend, let's see where things or like this Friday, let's see where 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 things are at. And yeah. if 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 people are still you know, but speaking loudly, if, if, if all this is still going on, then yeah, let's, let's punt this. Like, we don't need this right now. Um, like to even to, to, um, to transition actually into the next news story, right. We're speaking of delays, right. Story number two, Call of Duty mm-hmm. is delaying their new seasons in their game um, to, to grant more context. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN, who says Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Warzone and Call of Duty Mobile's upcoming seasons have been delayed in response to the ongoing worldwide po- protests following the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty's Twitter account tweeted that that it is not the time and that it would be moving the launches of Modern Warfare season four and Call of Duty Call of Duty Mobile season seven to later dates. Right now, it's time for, for those speaking up for, for equality, justice, and change to be seen and heard. We stand alongside you. Uh, and then the IGN article continues to say, there is no indication as to the new dates for these new seasons, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare's fourth season was set to launch on June 3rd, while Call of Duty Mobile's was also set for, for this week, right? And those are two things, as far as like the Call of Duty seasons, right? Like those are things that were imminent. Those are things that were happening right now. Right, uh, right, right. And those, those got delayed. Um, and so like, I I think right now is the time for when you're talking about video game companies and in and, and the time that we're in, right? We're in mm-hmm. early June, which is announcement season. It is what would have been E3 season. It is the mm-hmm. time where everybody 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 wants to talk. Um at a certain point this month, like Microsoft is doing their event. There's so much that needs to happen, but not that it necessarily needs to happen, but but that is planned to happen this month. And I think really like the big thing for companies right now is being flexible and and paying attention and and going with the flow and figuring out when is the right time to strike with these things yeah i mean you lose more by putting a thing out early and not reading the room correctly than you then have to go back and do all the damage control than just waiting like you don't lose anything by waiting anything again these are all known entities like you what 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 announcement are you really going to get from a new season besides a new operator or a, a new a new person and a new map you know what I mean? Like there isn't a lot of actual information there that is that important compared to the, the the conversations that they're having about the state of the world. I think it's going to be interesting to see who the first company is that bucks that trend and what the feedback and probably blowback is going to wind up being to those companies that do that thing. I'm I'm wondering again, like what's the right time? Because you won't know unless you're again, reading the room and trying to figure out like, Mm-hmm. how well you're paying attention to the communities that are asking you not to do a thing, which companies haven't really done well um, for a long time. So it'll be 
um, a good learning experience for a lot of folks involved with some of these uh, organizations, their PR parts and their um, their messaging outlets. Have you seen some of the responses and like the the comments and stuff to both these delays being like the Sony delay and the Call of Duty delay? Because oh, of course, of course. What's your take on on that? Because there's so much. <laughs> vitriol <laughs> and i know this is like a i know this is like a video game community thing in general yeah. right like i know there's there's so many talks that like I, there's Look. a there's a lot that feeds into it right but there's like a lot of toxic toxicity in terms of the internet in general but then also like the video game side of the internet um and also like i'm sure there's like a lot of kids and teenagers that are involved in there too but also there's a lot of adults which makes it upsetting like what is what is your take on all that? Because it's for some reason I shouldn't be surprised, but it nope. still surprises me when I look at the replies. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, though, right? It's like, and it's and it's perfect because it's the same conversation that we have about all the stuff all the time. Again, right now, right now, as we speak, there are people who got beat up last night for protesting people being shot and killed by the state, and then two weeks prior to that, you had people protesting in the street to go get a haircut and go to a restaurant. It's the same conversation. It's the same kinds of people who do the same kinds of dumb shit all the time, where it's just like, I am more important than the greater good. I am more important than all these other things that we see as being actually important. And folks have been like, all lives mattering it. I've seen over the time that I've been playing Call of Duty and other games, like people from before, um, uh, even when COVID hit, I saw a numerous amount of people when I'd go play multiplayer games had COVID tags in their names. They changed their names to COVID related things. I saw mm -hmm. one person I had a, a one of the one of my favorite content creators, Barefoot Gypsy, uh, posted a video of herself um, being in her chat on Twitch. And someone made an account that was called George Floyd's Neck. Mm. For the sake of doing it, just because they knew it would piss black people off. So it's like, those are the things that we constantly see. It's a culture thing. It's a part of the gaming culture and part of human nature to be able to find the most vile way to interact with a thing, go through the process of doing the work to make those accounts, to make that email address, that burner email address, yeah. to do all the stuff that goes along with that one thing so you can get shits and giggles out of making someone else hurt. So that's a part of the conversation, right? It's like, how do we continue to, as a gaming collective, as a gaming community, as a as a human society, figure out better ways to weed out those people and to make sure that those people don't have a space to have um, platforms and have the ability to do what they need to do through uh, the platforms and their mon uh, uh, moderation systems and all those things. So yeah. you, need, you need you need good tools to block people out from that kind of stuff, but it's also... How do you fix humans, man? Like humans are hard. Like humans just do human yeah, shit all the time, and that's the thing that we'll never figure out. Do you do you think there is a way to we to you mentioned moderation tools, and obviously, like we don't have all the answers uh, to this mm. because yeah, like to what you're saying, it is human nature. A lot of it, right? It is yeah, yeah, yeah. human. Like humans are just difficult. But are there ways that for you for spawn on me that you yep. go about weeding out those bad actors? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's really evident when we do Spawn for Good events. Um, so we do a charity event every Martin Luther King weekend. Um, and we go through a really long process of, um, and we've gotten better because we've done them over a couple of years. So some of the stuff is like plug and play basically at this point, but lots mm -hmm. of block lists. Uh, I don't really believe in block lists. That's not true. Blocked word lists um, um, are really important because you know what most people are going to say. So that's the interesting thing about racism is like, if you've gone through it enough, you know all the words, you know all the phrases. So you already know, like nothing really surprises you at this point. So you already know mm. you can pre-do the work. Um, so that's one thing. Um, having a lot, having lots of moderators in your in your spaces, not only in your chat, but in your in your Twitter feed too. Like if you have good circles and you curated a good list, most of that stuff doesn't wind up coming your way. And it depends on some of the some of the stuff depends on the, how you engage with the internet too. Um, mm. uh, you know, I, I I rarely get as much vitriol and hatred. And stuff that my black women counterparts, than my LGBTQ uh, counterparts, and that's not because of anything that they've ever done, and it's not because of anything in any way that they've interacted with people, but it's like the folks who have been hatred, uh, who have been hating towards them, are always going to be there. I have to figure out a way to deflect some of that stuff through the through the work that I do, but also through um, my curation of the people that I have around me, which has been really really helpful for a long period of time. So I say, you know, you can do some of that work 
uh, depending upon who you are, that's a privilege that I have. And I'm willing to, to put that out there for sure. Um, but you have to do that work for other people too. Like mm-hmm. don't share, don't share stupid is the thing I believe in all the time. I fall, I'm faulty of it. Like I get, I do it sometimes and it's bad. Um, but like sharing things that trigger other people into their feeds and into the timelines doesn't help them either. Um, so it's a lot of small things that you can do to, to help build that stuff up in good ways. You can kind of insulate yourself from some of it, but the internet is the internet. People don't care. Like people just are terse yeah. and people are mean yeah. and people suck in that way. But people are also fantastic and great. So it's, it's a balance. Speaking of people being fantastic, fantastic and great. Story number three, The Last of Us Part 2 has around 60 different accessibility features. Uh, I'm pulling this from Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz. The Last of Us Part 2, which launches this month, includes around 60 different accessibility features, according to developer Naughty Dog. In interviews with The Verge, game designers Amelia Skatz and Matthew Gallant outlined some of the key, key accessibility features, their development, and the reason behind their inclusion. These features canvas controller mapping, visual aids, audio clues, navigation, and traversal features, and uh, combat features. They, inc- they include the ability to increase the, the size of the UI, make changes to subtitles, turn on a text-to-speech option for every, every piece of text in the game, including menus, uh, audio cues to indicate nearby items or ledges, a zoom feature using the DualShock controller touchpad, and a high contrast mode for, for low vision players that renders the world a light gray with enemies in red and allies in blue. Gallant said that these features had been planned from the start of development and that some, such as the high contrast mode, text-to-speech, and mappable controls had required significant technical resources. The features have undergone significant changes throughout development with the assistance of focus testers and and accessibility advocates such as Brandon Cole advising on implementation. For example, Naughty Dog initially planned to have game modes separated out for users with different accessibility needs, such as one for hearing impaired players and another for those those who needed motor control uh, assistance. Quote, instantly we got feedback that that is not what we wanted, Gallen said. Quote, We want to be able to dig into menus, fine-tune things, adjust things, really get into the nitty-gritty of what these options mean, end quote. As a result, the final game includes a packed accessibility menu with toggles and sliders for each feature, though there are are also some preset categories such as vision and hearing to give players a place to start if they feel overwhelmed. Quote, accessibility for us is, is... Accessibility for us is about removing barriers that are keeping players from completing a game, Scat said. It's not about dumbing down a game or making a game easy. What do our players need in order to play the game in parity with everyone else? End quote. Mm. Oh, this is pretty cool. This is pretty. This is pretty awesome. This is fantastic. And shout out to uh, Rebecca for one uh, because she's amazing as as a writer yep. and content Rebecca creator. Valentine. Yeah, absolutely. She's fantastic. And shout out to folks like over like Able Gamers too, who I love and and represent all the time, who have been striving and helping people like. Naughty Dog and other companies do this work for for so many years now. It's it's amazingly important just to be able to have those options for other people who suffer disabilities and and go through what they go through. And so being able to have that stuff just baked into the system, I'm hoping that the tools that they are putting into Last of Us and, and, and games like this, that they continue to share that stuff out with other developers. I think that's the thing that I would hope uh, comes oh, out yeah. of something like this is like, don't share it. I mean, don't don't hoard that stuff to yourself. Like, make sure that that's the thing that goes across, you know, all oh, the yeah. games that we see. Um, that's, so that makes that's part of easier. why. That's part of why it kind of sucks. Or not even kind of. That's part of why it sucks that <clears throat> GDC was canceled. Like, yeah, I know GDC is that is a is a place where you have a lot of talks like that, and you have a lot of information shared like that. Like, this is very unrelated, but kind of related. I know uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, 11 yeah. actually we both play Mortal Kombat 11 so you already know where I'm about to go but their yeah. tutorial systems are incredible uh and I believe this last CDC they're supposed to have a talk like talking about how they're able to to do that and, and the the focus they're able to put on that yep. um and so like as far as this Naughty Dog stuff as far as all these different accessibility features it's been it's been nice to see that uh or how the conversation has evolved I remember Celeste being like a big yep. uh a, a, a big let's say talking point for for this right Th- that game coming out with an assist mode that let you tweak like how much health you had that let you tweak how, ma- how many jumps you got uh, that, that let you get into the nitty-gritty of what you're able to do in that game for a game that is all about difficulty right and it's all about conquering this mountain for that game to also have all these different features that would allow uh, allow people who might not have the same ability as you or me be able to play it um with some sort and i know I, i'm sure there's like ways that 
Celeste could have done better also. But sure. the fact that they had that assist mode, you know, was great for, for so many people. And so, like, coming back and looking at Naughty Dog and seeing the growth, like, seeing the fact that, oh, yeah, we had conversations of having a separate mode. But the more and more we had those conversations, the more and more we learned that, oh, that's not enough. Like, people have to be able to go in and tweak those settings to, to be, um, uh, you know, as specific to their needs as possible. Because, like, yeah. everybody's different, especially when it comes to accessibility. Um, and so, like, good on them. Like, this is really cool. And, yeah, to what you're saying, I really hope to see other uh, developers adopt this. And I really hope to see Naughty Dog share uh, share what they have here uh, with other developers in terms of the things they've learned and the things that uh, were the, the, the things that, that um, allowed them to get into the nitty-gritty that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, the options yeah. that are available. Yeah, I mean, and it just makes the space better. Like, it just makes all the games that we get now and then for the future better because then folks can inform other co- other other companies to say like, oh, here's the thing you might have missed or here's the thing that you put in that you might need to tweak. Like, the good feedback that you get from the accessibility community is is amazing in terms of how well it's made games uh, going, uh, going forward. Um, so I'm happy yeah. to see that they're doing this and this is something that more people need to do. Following uh, Steve Spawn and Steve or Steven Spawn and Steve Saylor, like I, I've learned so much when it comes to accessibility and when it comes to like things I would never have thought of uh, yeah. in terms of video games and the things that 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 affect the way that they're able to play video games. Like Steve Saylor, of course, the blind gamer uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter and on YouTube, right? Like he talks a lot about uh, subtitles and how so many games just are are fucked in terms of the size of their text <laughs> and like yep. how that that small of a thing that I would never think about like that I wouldn't I would have just never like cared about you know him bringing it up and talking about it and talking talking about the ways that it actually affects him and how, how he and people like him are able to play video games like you know it's very it's very eye opening and so to what you're saying right this makes the space better for all of us and to to the final quote here in the article uh, where uh, Scats mentioned that accessibility for us is about removing barriers that are keeping players from completing a game. It's not about dumbing dumbing down a game or making a game easy, because I know that's been that's been a talking mm-hmm. point before, especially when with, with like Soulsborne titles uh, and like you know should Soulsborne games have accessibility op- options? All these different things, right? Like yeah. you know the the thing that that I I know when when that conversation was happening with Sekiro, I was in a place where uh, I I was very conflicted on the topic. I was sure. very much like. All right, like you want, you want creative vision to be seen, and you want to be able to like have that difficulty if this game is going to be your, your, if you want this game to be a difficult game as the developer. Right. But I under, I also understand the accessibility portion of it too. And yeah, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I was like, the more and more, um, in fact, let me say it like this: the more and more I like opened my ears to listen to people that were that were having that conversation, right? People like mm-hmm. Steven Spawn, um, and quite a few other people. The more and more I felt like I was able to learn, and the more and more I was like, okay, cool, yeah, it's not necessarily about preserving uh the or it's not necessarily about making a difficult game easy right it's about preserving that difficult experience for somebody who wants to be able to play it period right like it's not about Sekiro getting an easy mode it's about accessibility options being put into Sekiro so that other people can enjoy it and Um, that's the thing is that most people don't learn sorry i sorry i cut you off in the the last part of your statement but i was gonna say that's and that's the beauty of it right which is the thing I, i again i don't think the selfish crowd gets a lot is that it's not about you (laughs) <laughs> it's not about you at all it's about making sure that everyone can get into the game and like everyone can do the thing and if you don't want to do you don't want to use those options you don't have to they're just options you don't have to yeah. use them that's the thing that yeah. always bugged me out i was like you don't have to put it on you can just play it the way other people played it and then let everybody else rock it with the other versions of it or the other options it doesn't make sense exactly yeah, uh, and then our our last story, story number four. This is a Greg Miller joint. He was the one that that dropped this in the Slack community, including <laughs> the show. And so I, I got I, I gotta I gotta read it. Uh, WWE 2K22 is looking at SmackDown and No Mercy for inspiration. Uh, this is from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. And before I even get into it, Khalif, do you play any wrestling games? Does wrestling games have wrestling games ever been your jam? Oh yeah, for sure. Sure, I was I'm like old school No Mercy and uh, No Way okay. Out, and you know all all that stuff. I remember that Fire Pro Wrestling, all that stuff, really good. Perfect. And this new story is for you. Yes. Uh, it reads, 2K's new WWE games boss has said his development team is looking at past classics such as No Mercy and SmackDown as inspiration for their next game. Former Double Helix studio head uh, Patrick Gilmore was deployed as the new WWE 2K lead earlier this year as the game franchise attempts to enact a renewed focus on quality. In April, 2K confirmed earlier reports that plans for WWE 2K21 had been canceled following a challenging 2020 game. 
WWE 2K20 was a disappointing full debut for developer visual concepts, resulting in one of the lowest Metacritic scores in 2K's history, <laughs> mostly due to a huge number of technical issues at release. Participating in a Reddit Q&A this weekend, 2K's Gilmore revealed the first details of his plan for 2021's WWE game and told fans to expect a, quote, significant uh, evolution in gameplay with the next installment, end quote. Mm. Uh, quote, core gameplay is one of the major is one of the major investments we're making in the next installment. One of the six six pillars we are focused on uh, disproportionately in development, he wrote. He continues, we're looking at much-loved previous games like No Mercy or SmackDown Here Comes the Pain, along with the, the, the top franchise installments and more modern wrestling and fighting games to build an all-new philo- philosophical foundation for the game, end quote. However, the WWE Games boss added that fans expecting 2K22 to, to wholesale adopt a control scheme uh, f- or philosophy from one of their favorite games would likely to be disappointed. Quote, we are trying to combine the best ideas out there into a brand new wrestling experience that sets a new standard, he said. Gilmore claimed that WWE 2K22's gameplay would be focused on accessibility, depth, and wrestling experience. And he goes on, uh, they go on in the article to kind of break down the whole accessibility, accessibility, depth, and wrestling experience thing. Um, But I highly recommend people go to Video Games Chronicle if you're interested to learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Khalif, we both, we both, like fighting games at least we both like mortal Kombat, um and we both have played wrestling games in the past Mm -hmm. i'm sure you followed 2k20 and followed how broken (laughs) that game ended up being um it's been it's been an interesting journey seeing that game come out broken this year's game being canceled and replaced with uh 2k battlegrounds and yeah now they're talking about the revamp their their the revamps they're wanting to make for next year's game how where are you at in terms of all this? How do you feel about it? I'm so surprised that they're still going. Like that's the thing that's bugging me out more than anything else. I'm just like, you're still making games. And to be honest, they haven't been good for a very, very long time. Like it is amazing that they still budget that in uh into their into their marketing plans and that they put that into into dev when it's not really that good. It is not my you imagine fault. you imagine it's a huge moneymaker though. I mean, I mean like we'll WWE. As a licensed game, there are very few wrestling games that get licensed that are that big. And plus, since WWE mm-hmm. has a monopoly basically on 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 big time wrestling, I mean TNA is still in there. There's Chikara and all the other places and all AEW. those other kinds of yeah, you know AEW. Like all those all those outlets are still there, and you know you can you can make the argument for which one has better wrestling in it and which one has better storylines. But it thinks you know in terms of brain and mind share, like most people will just go to the WWE because they know that brand. They've been growing up. They've grew on, grown up with it for a long time. Um. I am just confused. Like, I I, want to see what they're going to do. I was actually more excited at the fact that they were going to do that Battlegrounds game as a wrestling game, because I don't think the the, the 2K NBA game wasn't great. Playgrounds wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't great at all. It was really bad, actually. And I was hoping to see a more arcade style wrestling game come into this space, like Midway's old school WrestleMania game that they had, which was fantastic. So it's like, I don't know what they're trying to do anymore. I don't know if they mm-hmm. should just take a year off like they said that they were going to do a couple years ago and just like wait and like shelve it and then try to revamp mm-hmm. it. I mean, I this year is that year off pretty, pretty much. Right. Like they have battle yeah, around, but yeah, but like, I, I don't know. Like I, again, as wrestling games go, it is very difficult to get that good balance between what a kind of, cause they've always tried to make a sim wrestling game to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. In the same vein that they've done 2K, uh, NBA 2K. And I just don't think it's ever really come off in a good way that felt really fun to the to me and felt like I was getting the experience of what it's like to be in an actual or watch a really good wrestling match. They've tried mm-hmm. all these different uh, uh, systems to be able to do that, but I just felt like it's never really gotten there. So I'm more inclined to say, like, just give me an arcade wrestler thing that I can basically, you know, beat each other up, do my special moves have fun with people in a party environment and then just call it a day. Like, I don't think they need to do all the extra stuff they've been trying to shoehorn into it. Yeah. It, for me, it's been interesting to see the, uh, the announcement of battlegrounds because yeah. that was one where I think we all watched the trailer and went, Oh no. Like, you know, in, in theory, it sounds like a great idea, but like seeing what the actual thing looks like, seeing the actual trailer, it seems like it's very undercooked in a way yeah. where like to what you're saying, I think a, an arcade wrestling game could be really awesome. Yes. Right. For them to take a step back and, uh, and be like, Hey, 
like even even if they are gonna do a, a yearly sim game like like maybe maybe every other year uh, alongside it do like an arcade game but battlegrounds doesn't seem to be the one that's going to to hit the way that it needs to in order to actually make that a thing that we all get excited about as as far as uh what they've talked about here in the article and as far as like what they've kind of pointed to is as the direction for the next game mm-hmm. it gives me some hope like the the idea that they're looking at fighting games and no mercy and smackdown and the things that people yeah. loved about those earlier games right that makes me think like okay at least their their heads are in the right place uh, especially with them s- citing fighting games um i think that's an interesting thing because i know for me when i played wrestling games i've never really thought about them as fighting games like they're they're, yeah. they're more so sports games to me than fighting games um because there's there's so there's so much at work um reading the reading the the full article they go on to kind of cite things like hey yeah we want we want uh there to be less mini games right like when you're doing a submission or when you're, when you're doing um a certain move right like we want it to be less mini game focused and we want it to be more so like the things that you're doing feel like extensions of the systems which mm. though that sounds incredible like that to yeah. me sounds like actual like fighting game talk they also talk about in the article like accessibility and how like they want it to, they want it to be a thing where yeah even though we're trying to make these systems advanced we want people to be able to jump in and for the first time play and still pull off really cool stuff and feel satisfied like if they're able to pull that off that's awesome like that's really cool i'm at the yeah. place where i don't necessarily have the trust <laughs> for them which is like my big thing is like all right cool but this is still y'all coming off of 2K20, and we all saw how that went. We all like wrestling games for the last decade haven't necessarily been all <clears throat> excuse me haven't been all that right. Like the last wrestling game that I played and I absolutely loved was WWE um, SmackDown versus Raw 2007. Oh yeah, uh, and I I loved that game. That was a good uh, game. Bef- it was it was an excellent game with an excellent soundtrack, uh, Money in the Bank. But yes. yeah, dude, like yeah, as far as far as the future of, of wwe games like this all sounds exciting i want to see them put their money where their mouth is i just want them to do like I, when i think of like the perfect mashup would be a little bit of def jam fight for new york a, a smidge of def jam icon and uh a little bit of fire pro wrestling because mm-hmm. then you get a little bit of mix of the arcade you get a little bit of mix of the the sim you get a lot of the co- uh, content creation um, uh, character creation which is a huge part of wrestling games oh yeah so like you get a little bit of a mash of all those things and that kind of funnels into that accessibility conversation too, which where Def Jam, those games are really easy to pick up and play. So um, it would be cool to see what they're going to do. I'm, I'm hoping that, and I want to check out Battlegrounds just to see what they did, um, but we'll see. Now, Khalif, I didn't, I didn't prep you on this next transition before the show. Yeah. And so I, I hope you've either listened to the show or I hope you're looking at the doc right now as I, I make this transition. I got I, you. I'm very excited to see what the future of the WWE games is, but that future is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to mom and crop shops today, where would I look? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Dames Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Nailed it. Out today, it's a it's a small release. Well, actually, let me not even say that because out today we got Liberator for Switch, Knight's Maze for PC, and then Valorant for PC. I didn't realize Valorant was out today. That's wild. Yeah, that's really cool. And so if you're a big fan of Valorant, congratulations, you got it. Uh, New dates, we have a Total War Saga, Troy, launches exclusively on Epic Games Store August 13th. Dead Age 2 is entering early access on July 16th, 2020. And then Pokemon Sword and Shield's first expansion, The Isle of Armor, will release on June 17th. Now it's time for reader mail you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by brooklinen did you know that making small changes to your everyday life can lead to huge positive changes to your lifestyle the right towel turns a bathroom into a spa the right loungewear turns function into luxury the right bedding turns a bed into a retreat you know Brooklinen as the internet's favorite sheets, but they're also home to bedding, loungewear, towels, and more with over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. Kind of Funny loves Brooklinen, uh, their luxury products at a low price, and Tim Geddes loves that he can get the right colors to match his room. He also <laughs> says that they're comfortable, and you can always trust Tim Geddes of Kind of Funny. Brooklinen was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No, middle, no middlemen, just a great product and service. All luxury products without the luxury markup. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making, change, making small changes that make big differences. 
Brooklinen is so confident in their product that, that all their sheets, comforters, uh, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Khalif. Mm. Yo. Daisy writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames just like you can and says, Hey, Blessing and Khalif. We've seen a number of gaming companies publicly publicly sharing uh, publicly share their support for the Black community and acknowledging the magnitude of the moment we are in. There has been a noticeable expen- exception, though. Nintendo. At this time, Nintendo hasn't said a word, which I find incredibly disappointing. I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on both Nintendo's silence or any other silent company, as well as as well as the companies that are speaking out. Much love, Khalif. Do you have any thoughts on Nintendo not speaking out? I'm not surprised, to be honest. Like, I, I, I think Nintendo, for a long period of time, we've seen this conversation happen, I think if I'm recalling correctly, especially during Splatoon times, when it came to conversations that were pretty heavily talked about in Black communities around hair and other things like that, mm-hmm. um, I, I, just, I don't think Nintendo's built for this in that way. Like, I just don't think they are very much like, we want to be apolitical as, as much as possible. And we don't want to dig into hard conversations like that. Um, I don't know. I, did they ever speak out about um, Etika's passing? Did they ever talk about any of that? I stuff? don't know. I don't. I don't recall them. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that for the most part, again, like Nintendo kind of plays the sideline when it comes to most of these things. We have to remember that a lot of the the kind of on you know come come from down high uh, messaging and stuff comes from a very Japanese company. Um, mm-hmm. who may not necessarily have the the words or the verbiage to, to really express those things in a clear and concise way to an American and especially a black American audience. Um, so that's the thing to, to, to remember when you're having that conversation about Nintendo. And yeah, like I, I don't have an expectation for everyone to speak out. It's nice if they do, they should be doing it. Um, if they don't, you definitely put that into your mental Rolodex to be like, mm, well, okay. I remember, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I might not pay, I might not uh, buy your stuff next time around when you put out a thing, or I may not support the thing that you put out the next time. Um, but again, like since we, we talked about it early in the show, it's not about just the now, it's about the future. Yeah. Um, pay attention to that stuff. Like make sure that you, again, put that down somewhere, mark it down and be like, hey, not to say that you need to give them demerit so you need to boycott them, but like remember it because it is important that they didn't say a thing during this time. Um, and that they didn't remark anything or or even signal boost the other people who they possibly could. Because there's a grip of dope black uh, content creators in the Nintendo spaces and for the games that they play and for the games that they make. There's a lot of dope people who are doing that work. And at least they could have done is showcase, uh, showcase some of those people out to to the rest of their community with their platform that mm-hmm. they have. So thing to think about. Yeah. I agree. I, it's, it's one of those things where, to what you said, right, like, they're a very Japanese company, especially when you compare them to something like Sony. Like, Sony yeah. spoke out or, or had a statement, right? And the first statement we, we saw was like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, you see them actually push the PS5 launch, or not launch, the PS5 uh, game reveal event that was happening later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of those things where Sony is more of an international company, it feels like, uh, in terms yeah. of that stuff, especially PlayStation, like PlayStation uh is way more of an international company uh when it, uh than nintendo like nintendo nintendo also an, inter- an international company but very much japanese at the same yeah. time um and yeah like it's one of those things where at one i don't necessarily expect every single company to speak out and that's not even necessarily what i personally ask for sure. like i don't i could kind of care less about what brands have to say about issues uh because a lot of it is brands protecting pr- protecting their backs right like brands right. brands covering uh themselves like especially when you when we we, we mentioned it earlier in the, earlier in the show though but like when it comes to to brands saying things and, and not necessarily having any sort of action or not necessarily not necessarily even like you know giving money or donating or doing anything yeah. uh, to support the cause anything practical it's like all right cool like i i like thanks, I guess, but I, I also yeah. don't like. That's not. I don't really care. I don't necessarily. That's it not, doesn't not, move the needle. That's not necessarily for me. It doesn't move the needle. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I kind of, I kind of lump. I guess in terms of this case, I maybe lump Nintendo in, 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 in with that. Like, I personally don't care if brands speak out or not. I love when brands do something proactive, and I love mm-hmm. when brands give, and I love when when brands donate to, um, to causes that matter. But in this moment, I'm like. 
like the last it's almost like the the Dave Chappelle stand up where he's like uh where they're asking ja, where they're asking Ja Rule about 9/11 and he's right. like who the who the fuck who cares about what Ja Rule has to say at a time like this I don't give a fuck about what Nintendo has to say at a time like this like if I'm being if I'm being very honest I don't care um cuz my yeah, question my question to the audience is like what would be the thing that they could say is it just them needing to say anything or do they need to be like full-throated in what they need to say because that to me that's also a big difference too like if you come to this conversation kind of mealy mouth and kind of a, as a fence sitter and not really talk to the actual issue then the words that you put out don't really have any impact and they again they don't move the needle so like if you're going to say a thing say it with your chest and if you're not then don't say it at all yeah i'm yeah. very much more so even concerned about what what the the personalities and the human beings there have to say like yeah. i'm I, like Reggie Fizeme is probably one of my favorite people in the industry, and I remember when I think it might have been as he was leaving Nintendo, or yep. actually no, I I think it was the the article I'm thinking of resurfaced as he was leaving Nintendo. Oh, the one from but Austin I, Walker. The one from Austin Walker, yes, yeah. where he's talking about the value of diversity in the industry and how Nintendo goes about like like Reggie said like a lot of amazing things in that article, right? Like he, I, I believe that was the same article I talked about. He talked about crunch and he talked about how like. Yeah, like we work to fight crunch. We try to we try to hire more uh, when it comes to times where things are more um, involved and heavy in terms of workload. And like, you know, I look at I look at Reggie as a figure who I'm like, all right, cool. Like Nintendo's not saying much as like a brand, but Reggie as like the head of that brand at that time is out here being being outspoken and saying all the all the right things in a way where like, yeah, you go, like that's awesome. Oh, um, I mean, so, that like, was the first time like, I heard him rep his blackness in a real way too, which was oh, yeah. fantastic. It was like eye opening and really amazing because I was like, oh, like I see it, we all see it, but like it's important to hear people say it out loud and be like, no, I am proud to be this black person from the Bronx. Da 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 da. X X Y Z. This stuff is super important. That representation, that visibility is super important. Go ahead, bless. I'm sorry. Exactly. No, no, no you're uh, you're to- you're totally good. Um, but yeah, like I would want to see. For me, what I prefer in terms of people, in terms of brands speaking out, I prefer to see their higher ups speaking out. I prefer to see yeah. the people actually talking and speaking out. Um, because I think that speaks way more volumes than like, you know, I don't know, Coca Cola coming out and being like, hey. <laughs> racism racism is bad it's like all right cool we know like that's a very safe stance to have that racism is bad um so that's kind of where i I see moment yeah it's like all right cool (laughs) i didn't didn't see that happen i didn't see that happen once this weekend by the way i didn't see one pepsi handed out and it fixed things yeah i didn't see a whole bunch of tear gas go out though i didn't see a whole bunch of pepsis go out (laughs) exactly exactly now it's time to squad up uh torbanok writes writes in with a squad up on ps4 and says hey blessing khalif i finally gotten into apex legends and i'm looking for some best friends to play with anyone who would like to squad up for some good times can add me on psn username is torbanok uh, i'm usually on after 7 p.m eastern time thanks and stay well everyone again torbanok is spelled t-o-r-b-a-n-n-o-k on ps4 if you want to add torbanok and play some apex legends word now it's time for one of them rotating segments this segment is exclusive for this week i'm gonna try and have it on the show uh each day this week um Khalif, i'm springing up a question for you i got you i'm putting you on the spot this is a question i, I asked paris yesterday and i don't know if you listened to the show yesterday but like we gave you a lot of love i especially uh, didn't so... listen to it because paris was on it oh i understand it <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the the ribs cooking skills might might rub off on you if you if you hear his voice for too long uh <laughs> The question I want to uh, the question I want to ask you mm-hmm. is who is a black voice in the industry that you would like to highlight and give a shout out? I have a list because I saw it on the docket. I'm going. I'm running down the list because of time. Oh, yeah. Jamie Illuminati. Uh, that's a wonderful group of uh, uh, black creators. Not Your Mama's Gamer is one of the first black podcasts run by women uh, talking about representation and DNI stuff in in the gaming space. Rivals of Waterdeep, former uh, Spawn on Me castmates, uh, Sharif Jackson. And Cicero Holmes, along with also Tanya, Tanya to pass, uh, a rock out a dope cast of folks uh, doing D and D stuff over there. The Game Fanatics, one of my favorite uh, outlets, uh, all black, all POC folks, uh, people I really look up to. They do fantastic work. Uh, the Optional Podcast, my my fam uh, Paul Tamayo, who works over at Kotaku, runs that. Odell Odell Harmon Jr., who was also on um, KF some while ago. Uh, Keith Mitchell from the Outer Haven, the Coalition. And some streamers that you should definitely go check out: Story Mode Bay, 
uh, Chelsea Bites, Barefoot Gypsy, DJ Knight, Pro Quesadilla, uh, Black Oni, DJ Tech Live, and Red Infamy, who's been an amazing Black woman in the game space for a very long time. That's just a small list of people. That's awesome. So you can't say you don't know now. <laughs> you can't yeah. say you don't know who to go check out, who to go follow. And that's just a small part of the list of people who I've met and come into contact with and worked with and collabed with over the past six years. Um, so please check out their stuff. Make sure you're checking out their work. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Nanobal just writes in and says, EA Play Live was scheduled for June 11th, 2020 at 4 p.m., which thank you for that because I couldn't recall it uh, earlier in the show. Uh, and then people are writing in with breaking news that the PS5 website has removed launches holiday 2020. Um, and if that's the case, we'll talk about that tomorrow if that's actually the case, but I might double check that because oftentimes things get kind of weird in terms of these things happening live because mm-hmm. this, this happened with xbox where xbox was like oh yeah coming out thanksgiving and then they, they automatically <laughs> uh-huh. changed it and so i'm not going to put too much stake into that until we talk about it tomorrow if that comes up tomorrow uh lord of pwn says uh small miss news cross code uh that one indie game announced for switch almost a year and a half ago has passed certif- certification on consoles uh meaning switch ps4 and xbox one and the right. release date will be announced next tuesday um and then uh that is it for kind of funny.com slash well actually no to add this one actually this is great brian makes games which is the homie brian kessinger uh yeah. who i think was gonna actually do the gdc talk um about mortal kombat 11 in the tutorials says the mk11 G- gdc talk is on the way i submitted it to gdc and they're going to post it for free on their site nice. this week and hopefully youtube soon um and so Perfect. I'm happy about that because I love MK. I love you, MK. Love you, MK. And also, if you're in your wrong trolling, fuck you. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Tomorrow's hosts for the show are me and Gabe Patillo from Married to the Games. So look forward to that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, Until next time, Game Daily.